Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, everybody out there in Real Presence Radio Land. Welcome to today's installment of Real Presence Live. And, uh, your hosts today are myself, Jack Canelli, and my lovely wife, <laughs> Dream Canelli. <laughs> and we're happy to have you with us today. It's a beautiful day in here in Fargo. I don't know what it's like in the rest of our listening area, but uh, I hope wherever you are, uh, notwithstanding the weather, that it is a good day for you. Today is the uh, Feast of St. Martin de Porres, or at least the optional memorial. I don't know if that necessarily means a feast day or not, but... Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, have a good uh, Martin de Porres day. How's that? Sounds great. Right, yeah. And uh, we're uh, before we get started, as we always do, we're going to begin with a prayer, and Doreen has one for us. The prayer that I chose is from the Liturgy of the Hours this morning's morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, as daylight fills the sky, fill us with your holy light. May our lives mirror our love for you, whose wisdom has brought us into being, and whose care guides us on our way. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Martin de Porres. Pray for us. I like that. Whose wisdom has brought us into being. That kind of gives me some confidence, notwithstanding what my friends might say about me all the time. So there, there is some wisdom behind your being, my being, yeah. my being, our guest. Well, everybody, being. our guest, everybody's being. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. It's At good. To, it's good to history, be this very moment in history. People are grumbling lately about having to live right now with the current state of affairs in the world, but. It was God's plan that we be here now. I suspect people at all times in our history of mankind that are person kind or whatever the word is nowadays have been grumbling about the time that they're born in. I'm guessing you're probably correct. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've been born in the time of Corvettes and motorcycles. What could be better than that? <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway. Yeah. Well, should we get on with the show? I suppose I think that's okay. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, people want to hear us banter. No, well, <laughs> okay. I do have a joke. Oh, you do. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. For our for our listeners who have been mm-hmm. waiting for us to be on the air again, Doreen did bring a whole uh, array of, of of raucous jokes again. That's right. So, where do you find a turkey with no legs? A turkey with no legs. Um. A turkey with no legs. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't want too much dead air here, so I'm going to give up right now. Okay. Exactly where you left it. <laughs> I suppose it's not going anywhere, It's is not it? going no, anywhere. It has no right. legs. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Get it? Oh, no. The, the lights go on. Okay. <laughs> Boy, more to come, there. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> more to come. Just stand by. We got two hours of this ahead of us. <laughs> Well, anyway, let's get on with our, our first guest today is Patrick McGuire, and he's the director of music 
at Saints Anne and Joachim Catholic Church here in Fargo. And uh, I guess part of what you want to talk about is this fourth annual Musicians Workshop. Am I correct? That's right. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. coming up here pretty quick. Yeah, it's on November 19th and 20th at Saints Anne and Joachim Church. And you'll be presenting on implementation of the USCCB hymn lyrics memorandum and on the origins of chant. Yeah, I'm really excited about giving both of those presentations. We'll have a whole bunch more than uh, just that, but a lot of what we'll be talking about is cultivating a, a good liturgy through some of the, the music that you pick. And the USCCB um, hymn lyric memorandum that came out last year is kind of an important document for us to look at. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. And uh, I've kind of been dubbed the chant nerd around here, so I'm going to be giving a presentation right. on the origins of that, too, which I'm excited about as well. Okay. Well, before we get into that, though, we're going to let you introduce yourself. That's probably How a good idea. Yes. 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 Who are we talking to? Well, uh, as you say, I'm the director of music at St. St. Joachim Catholic Church. Previous to that, I spent five years as the choir teacher at Shanley High School and Sacred Heart Middle School. And uh, before that, I graduated from college. So I've just kind of been beginning my career here as a young church musician, and uh, I've been loving it around Fargo. And we noticed your Concordia ring is a giveaway as to, oh, yes. as to where you went to school. <laughs> that's right. Can't avoid it. They do a good job of grooming their graduates, don't they? Uh, that's right. <laughs> Patrick, where are you from originally? You know, I was a military brat growing up, so I was all over the place. Um, oh. But I kind of call Montana home. That's where we settled for a while after my dad had retired. And um, that's where I went to high school and whatnot before coming out here. So. Yeah. So not far away. Not too far, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. Not quite in our listening area yet, but we'll uh, hopefully someday we'll reach out to God where you're, really, if your right. parents are still there, they can hear you the next time you're on. Right on. Well, maybe not the next time, but maybe further on out there. We're, we're kind of get we're expanding out there, but not yet into Montana too much, mm-hmm. if at all. I thought we were in Montana. That tells you how much I know. I don't no. think so. Anyway, um, so anyway, well... Um, Tell us about your passion for sacred music. I mean, I like the idea of being a chant nerd, you know. <laughs> well, it, it definitely didn't start that way, that's for sure. I started out as um, a church musician probably my sophomore year of high school. We had a private Catholic school, very, very small, and I joined up with the worship team, and I just had my guitar, and um, I, I had just kind of started to learn about the year previous to that how to play, and so I was I was dangerous, you know. I was very impressionable. <laughs> that's all it takes for church. That, that's right, exactly. <laughs> Three chords. Exactly. There's a lot of music that works that way, you know. And so through a long series of events, I ended up being the person at my school to start picking the music for our weekly liturgies. And um, a really good priest friend of ours, of our family, uh, came from out of town to celebrate Mass once, and he saw the music that I was planning and. My music selection process was, at some point in this liturgy, every single week, I'm going to do, Shepherd me, O God, beyond my... It was going to be the opening, it was going to be offertory, it was going to be the song, it was going to be communion, I don't know, it was going to be somewhere, every single week. It's I just al- loved it. It's always a favorite. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good. That's song that touched your heart, and oh, you wanted to share just, it. It was just so yes. good. And it was, you know, I'd throw an awesome God, because my buddy was a drummer, and we were in a band together, and we loved doing stuff like that. So my music selection process was pretty simple. It was just kind of whatever I liked. Mm-hmm. So anyways, this family friend of ours, a priest, came to celebrate Mass, and afterwards he pulls me aside. He's like, so you're choosing this music, huh? I said, yeah. <laughs> he says, well, let's let's talk about this a little bit. And so he starts to teach me about the antiphons and 
all the different texts of the Mass and how you cultivate liturgy for the congregation by picking music that's fitting to the antiphons and to the readings, because then you kind of get everybody seeped in the, the message of the Word in the whole worship. And so then I started to be more judicial about how I was picking music and starting to do a little bit more with that and ended up being a music director at the uh, military base chapel for a summer, getting to experience how that works at a little larger scale. Um, and then this priest and I, we started to you know do a lot more of uh, informal learning sessions when I taught me about the traditional Latin mass and how to be an altar server for that. And so I just started to learn a whole bunch of stuff about liturgy and then chant kind of followed in as that thing. And it's, stuck out to me right away as a young person, just like, this is something different. You know, mm. this isn't anything that I hear anywhere else but in the house of God. And so that struck me as being something like, well, maybe this is important, you know. So I really started to dive into it more. And the more I started to kind of figure out, okay, here's how the notation works, here's how you sing this stuff, and kind of playing around with some of that, it just became just so simple in my mind to be like, oh my gosh, like, we need to do this. Like, this is so important. So that's kind of where everything got started for me as a young person in high school, going from awesome God on the guitar every single week and shepherd meal God to, well, maybe I should try to cultivate a little bit more liturgy um, in a little more practical way that the church is asking for. Can you say a little bit more about the importance of the music that's um, that we use to celebrate liturgy having a different quality or sound? Say more about the importance of that. Yeah, it's something that should pull us out of the world, right? So when I go to Mass, you know, I, I, I'm hoping to be drawn up. That's the, that's the idea of the liturgy. We want to be drawn up into that heavenly sacrifice. When we participate in Mass, we're participating in the heavenly sacrifice that's going on at all times in all ages. And so I want to be pulled out of the world in that way. And sometimes we can get stuck a little bit in our own ideology of, of how, you know, like music, for example, is like the perfect example. We kind of want to be comfortable with the music. You know, if it's if it's not a melody that I know, I don't want to sing it, you know? And sometimes you have to kind of pull yourself out of that and be like, well, let me, let me just try something new here and experience what God is asking me to experience in, in this. And so that's what, for me, chant just, uh, and I'm not the only person that thinks this, there's many encyclical letters that have been written by popes in the past, and the Second Vatican Council talks about the primacy of Gregorian chant being specially suited to the liturgy for that purpose, because it just draws you up. There's something mystical about it. And when you do something that is so uniquely set apart for worship in that way, it, it can't be anything but spiritual. And the tradition, as I mentioned, I'm going to be presenting about the origins of chant. This comes from a long tradition before, you know, Jesus Christ ever walked the earth, the Jewish people in the synagogues chanting their prayer called cantillation. They would mm -hmm. uh, do this thing called cantillation with the gospel, or the, not the gospels, with the, uh, the Torahs. They would be reading it. You know, they, they wouldn't just speak it, but it, would, it was uh, partially something to just get your voice out above all the other people so you could be heard. Sometimes there's even reference to it in scripture where in the marketplaces— the, um, the readings were, were sung so that you could hear them above other people. And so it was a kind of a way of elevating the words that you used and that you were learning from. And so this, this whole thing, it's not just something that the Catholic Church just came up with randomly in the medieval ages or something. This is something that is seeped in our human tradition as well, because any culture that you visit around the world, there's some basis of some form of chant in that way, where there's toned patterns of, of speech that elevate something that people are saying, usually in a formal sense. So it's really ingrained in our humanity, even. It's the simplest form of music that we can participate in. But in a special way, Gregorian chant suited to our liturgy because, again, it, it just pulls you right out of the world. You just close your eyes and you listen to some Gregorian chant. You're not going to picture 
just about anything except for a beautiful sanctuary space. I've done this exercise when I used to teach at the school. You know, I'd tell the kids, okay, close your eyes. We'd listen to some music. Tell me what you picture. And when they had the chant, you know, it's like big cathedral spaces, statues, and all this different stuff, like a very uh, holy, rev- uh, reverent, religious kind of vision. And then I'd play, you know, maybe some contemporary praise and worship music, and they describe a stage to me in a concert hall venue or something. Very I thought, you know, like it's just like even, a set of drums, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like kids, like yes, they tell it exactly as it is. You know, their disposition mm-hmm. is very clear and very interesting. So, you know, that's kind of a, a general overview of all of that. Yes, um, when our our son graduated from a Catholic university in Texas, and he was in a liturgical choir. And when we went for his graduation, they had a, um, you wouldn't call it a concert, but they... It was a mass. It, was, it wasn't mass. No, it was... Well, it, it was, was like a liturgy. A, uh, they yeah. only sang liturgy. They did not do concerts. Right. But this was, this was part of the, the, for the people that were yeah. graduating. And the choir director talked about how um, there's a misunderstanding about fully participating that came from Vatican II. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said... You can be fully participating by entering silently into the music that you are hearing. You you don't have to be singing with, mm-hmm. and that was what our experience was in this occasion. You know, it's interesting when we use that phrase, active participation, that was originally coined by Pope Pius X in his uh, encyclical letter, Trales Solicitudini. And when he... Um, used it, that kind of became like the catchphrase for a lot of things in Vatican II liturgical reform. But the phrase that's used in Latin, when you look at the document, it says participatio actuosa. Not activa, but actuosa. So if you want to maybe put a better translation to it, actual participation, meaning in your heart, you're actually participating more. Because you use the word active and immediately you think you have to physically be doing something or you Mm -hmm. have to be singing or you have to be Mm -hmm. saying something. You know, there has to be something that I'm doing Physically, and you know, St. Francis de Sales does a great job talking about the unification of the soul to the body when it comes to worship. So there's an element of that, but the actual participation has to be that internal spiritual connection first. And sometimes you need to shut up and listen and let the Lord into your heart because mm-hmm. you, He can't get anything in edgewise if you're constantly yapping at Him. So it's good to just sit and, and be still. A couple weeks ago, we did an offertory uh, anthem as opposed to a hymn where the mm-hmm. congregation was silent, but the choir was singing. It was kind of a nice opportunity to just sit and kind of be seeped in the words of And be receptive to right. that. I'm, I'm liking you more than when you first walked in this door because you've, <laughs> you've just validated what some people interpret, interpret as my sour attitude about, you know, sometimes singing in church. I'm here for your validation. <laughs> Happy to do it. <laughs> because we know you're entering yes. in. <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming up on a break, but I have an important question. Are you even old enough to remember Kumbaya? Did you ever sing that one? I know of it, and I've happily never had to perform it. <laughs> but I bet you've sung on Eagle's Wings. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, we're, we're coming up on a break here, so uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live, and we're with Patrick McGuire, the Director of Music at St. Anne and Joachim, and we're talking about uh, sacred music, and when we get back from the break, we're going to continue our discussion, and we're also going to have you talk about the, uh, the uh, musician workshop that's coming up in just a couple of weeks. So stay with us, and we'll be back at the end of the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. If you have lost anyone to a sudden or tragic death, you can still help them. Please visit our website, suicideandhope.com, and memorialize those that you love. There is no obligation or cost. You can simply enter their first name, initials, or a nickname, and I will personally pray for them and have a Mass said each month. Please, again, visit suicideandhope.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Okay, and we're back with more inspirational and uplifting uplifting broadcasting with you, just like he said on the lead-in to this segment of Real Presence Live. My name is Jack Canelli, and I'm with my wife, Doreen, and we're visiting with Patrick McGuire, who is the Director of Music at Saints Anne and Joachim here in Fargo. But before we get back to our interview, Doreen has another uh, hilarious joke for you. Thank you for <laughs> presuming it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So this isn't a riddle. It's just a, it's just a cute little joke. So a lady was picking through the frozen turkeys at the grocery store for Thanksgiving but couldn't find one big enough for her family. She asked a stock boy, do these turkeys get any bigger? To which he responded, no, ma'am, they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a good Thanksgiving joke. We're coming up. Very inspirational (laughs) guest. Yes, our our inspirational and uplifting guest. Okay. He is awesome. We're not setting the bar too high for you, I don't think, Uh, are we? Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. Yeah, well. (laughs) I think he set his own bar. Okay, well, you're a parish music director. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are some of the challenges that you face in that position? And, and what are some of the blessings that you've experienced as well? Sure. Plenty more blessings than anything else. And I have the unique position at St. Anna Joachim that the music program, before I ever touched it, was so well set up. And we're, it's such a healthy, strong music program. Any given week, I could have 50 people in the choir. I have an email list of 30 cantors that I reach out to every single month to schedule. And I, I'm sure many music directors and, and priests would just kill for something like that. You know, it's just, yeah. I, we're very fortunate. So I, there's a lot of things that it's just like, you know, wow, what a blessing that is. 
Um, but anytime you're combining elements of music and worship, you're at a crossroads of two very important aspects of people's lives, their relationship to God and their taste in music. And we were just talking about my own taste in music that I've found through um, some of my spiritual journeying and whatnot, but people are in such varying places when it comes to where you're at. And so what you have to do as a music director is find a way to cultivate the edification of your congregation through the music and accommodate everybody. And it's not possible to just meet everybody exactly where they're at. So you have to really structure how you implement your hymnody and the selections that you make to support the um, the congregation in what they hear and understand from the liturgy. And as much a challenge that is, it, it really kind of leads into what I think is the biggest blessing I've received in these past five-ish months or so that I've been doing this is that I have to pray and sit with the readings and the antiphons and the prayers of each Mass before it happens because I'm selecting music before it happens. You know, I try to go about a couple months in advance in terms of the music selection. So I'm kind of going through it and praying with these texts and looking through the hymnal. Okay, what are some things that really work with this? Look at the text, see what's kind of similar, and wherever I can, you know, if the if the antiphon says X and I have a hymn that says X, I'm going to pick that and put that together, you know, because that, that fits really well. Um and then I have a column in our bulletin called McQuire's. My last name is McGuire. And so McQuire, I'm <laughs> the choir guy, right? A uh, little fifth grade boy taught me that when I was student teaching. Oh, I love um, it. <laughs> but I, I call it McQuire's Music Corner. And I just, I just tie something in from the readings of the liturgy into one of the hymns that we sing each week into our bulletin. So people kind of get an idea of where I'm coming from with the hymn selection and whatnot. So anyways, all this stuff comes together. And I am so just spiritually, as I mentioned, I'm kind of like um, uh, simmering in all the, these readings and these texts of the Mass. So by the time I finally get to Sunday and we're actually in Mass and I'm hearing these readings again in their context and the liturgy with all the prayers and all the music that I've selected, I'm getting so much spiritually out of everything we're doing. So I personally, very selfishly, have gotten a lot out of the stuff that we've got to do. And there's sometimes that, you know, we'll go to Mass and I'll be listening to the hymns that I've picked out, even my own self. And I go, oh, I think I kind of missed the ball here a little bit, you know, but it's a process that you kind of have to keep on working on and growing into. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy, you know, and the other thing too, is that if, if you really want to go by the book and by what I've said, where you're really matching the, the hymns that you sing to the antiphons and the readings and whatnot, sometimes you're going to have to pick out new hymns that haven't been sung in your congregation before. So then it's a matter of, okay, how do you introduce a new hymn to the congregation? That's a whole other challenge too. And so, like I said, I'm very fortunate that St. San Joachim, it's a very active musical parish, uh, but it's still something that needs judicial thought. So it's it's a very multifaceted um, position to be in, and there's a lot that goes into it. But I, I like the challenge. It's kind of fun. And, you know, it's just the way you described it, Patrick, it's like, you know, your time spent in prayer isn't really just preparation for you to choose the music. You you are, in a way, preparing everyone who's going to receive that music to not yeah, just receive no, it. No pressure. No, no pressure <laughs> at all. To receive it and then, and then what they receive from that music, which is prayer, to then um, become that channel in some way right. in their lives because to live it. it. Since the early days of the church, you read any of the, um, like the, the ancient, ancient texts, music has always been understood and architecture, art in general, has been understood as great vehicles for teaching theology. That's why it's so important, because you think about the early medieval ages, most people, they couldn't read and write and whatnot, and um, and so the music would have been maybe your only way with the architecture around you in the church to understand what is sacred. And so it's always been of utmost importance. It's in our catechism. Um, it says the music is a treasure of inestimable value. Mm-hmm. 
higher than that of any other art. So the church is like, no, this is a really important deal. We got to do this upright. And so it's, it's a huge task. Like I say, there's no pressure here. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge task to undertake. Well, it, you know, we were there when the baton was passed to you the evening, you know, Cindy Hoselton's last evening. And I was so impressed with um, the parish in general's appreciation of the importance of music. Right. And I thought, what a gift for you to be walking into that which had already been kind of prepared for you in a exactly. way. Exactly. I've, I've been very fortunate in that regard that the disposition is quite positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, um, you're going to, you've got this uh, musician's workshop coming up and we told people we're going to talk about it. Maybe you got about uh, four minutes. Why don't you uh, yeah. sum it all up? Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got four minutes to sum that's it up right. and sell it. That's right. Well, that's great. We can do it. So November 19th and 20th, we'll be at St. Santa Joachim Catholic Church in Fargo for our parish musician's workshop. There's going to be so many wonderful presentations that we'll go through. As I mentioned, the USCCB hymn memorandum um, we'll talk about. There'll be some sessions all about um, the organ, the theology of beauty, the simple question, what is liturgy? We're going to cover a whole bunch of different topics. So whether you're just somebody sitting in the pew that is singing and you just appreciate music, you maybe want to learn more about the why behind what happens in the Mass in terms of the music, uh, you can come be a person in the choir, accompanist, music director, priest, deacon. This is for everybody. Anybody can come. Can you give just a real brief summary of the hymn lyrics memorandum? What is the What are the sure. bishops saying should yeah. be in the words in the hymns? It's again. So this is something where the, the USCCB they came out with this document in December of last year, and they gave recommendations about how to be judicial about selecting hymns based on their lyrics and making sure that you have good theology in your lyrics. Because as I mentioned before, one of the primary ways that the congregation gets theology and we get our ideas about how um, our, our Catholic faith works is through a lot of the music that we sing. And so they came up with six areas of deficiencies in lyrics, and they actually gave some specific examples of specific songs that they find kind of to be lacking in some of these areas. And so I'm going to kind of unpack that a little bit and go through step by step, like here's what they said, here's how to interpret that, and here's how to move forward to make sure the selection of music is appropriate. Um, not heretical and you know theologically sound to make sure that your congregation is getting good music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll be. It, that would be a fun one to attend. I think, especially when you know one of the criticisms I know that I I, I hear from someone who's close to me after mass sometimes is about the music is it's it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's all about me. I remember I was at I was at a mass and it was a national organization, national Catholic organization, and during the uh, the Eucharistic prayer, they were singing this little light of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, well, um, you're, uh, okay, so that's the, 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 the memorandum. What else is going to be talking about? You know, uh, well, outside of the sessions, I want to mention, too, that we're going to have a whole bunch of prayer and time for spiritual growth as well. We're going to be praying. We're going to chant the divine office. Um, in English, so don't worry. We're not going to scare you with Latin right away. Um, but there's going to be uh, some wonderful opportunities for prayer and growth. And I would be willing to bet that by the time you come away from this weekend, a lot of people might feel like they've just been to a retreat as opposed to a workshop because mm-hmm. it's going to be so seeped in in that prayer. And we're going to finish everything that we're going to do throughout the day. We're going to learn about the music. We're going to do some rehearsals and some different ensembles. We have a chant scola. We have a large choir. We have a beginner choir. So if you're any level of participation, you can hop right in and have success. 
all of those rehearsals are going to culminate with a anticipatory mass for the Feast of Christ, the Care Solemnity of Christ the King on uh, November 20th, and Bishop Folda will be there with us to celebrate that mass, and all the music that we learn in rehearsals will be done in the mass as um, uh, kind of a culmination of all that we do. And then we'll finish with a great dinner and a discussion on uh, Beethoven's Seventh Symphony uh, <laughs> with Bishop Fulda, who's an avid classical musician himself and a great appreciator of the arts. And so it'll, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful weekend that we have planned. I'm really, really excited about what we'll get to wow, do. Wow, practical so, application right within the weekend of the how, yeah. how to do the right, work. Right. Yeah. So there, there'll, there'll be other presenters other than yourself? Correct. About yep. that? Yeah, okay. we have multiple presenters from over, across the diocese. Right. Well, we got... Uh, just about a minute and a half left. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or reflections or any encouragement for our listeners to attend? This sounds like a, a, a wonderful event. Yeah, you know, I mentioned it really briefly earlier, but let me let me double down here. Our catechism references the Second Vatican Council when it says that the musical tradition of the universal church is a treasure of inestimable value, greater than that of any other art that comes from paragraph 1156. So if you're sitting there wondering if the workshop will be worth the $50 you'd spend for the whole weekend, that's meals, materials, and everything, the answer is an abundant yes. The church says this is a treasure of inestimable value. It's worth our time to do it right. And if you're somebody that's been a parish musician, perhaps in a rural parish, you've never had the opportunity to be a part of a large choir, well, here's your opportunity. Come, it's, it's a wonderful time to be with a whole bunch of like-minded individuals that love music. We love the Lord. We want to do it well together. Join up in a choir and sing some beautiful music with some great, great musicians that will be helping to lead this workshop. Is there a fee for this workshop? Yeah, it's a $50 fee. You can register online through the Diocese of Fargo website on the Sacred Music page and just fill out the registration form. And that's, uh, like I said, $50 for all the wow. meals, all of the materials. We'll take care of everything for you. Um, like I said, it's 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 worth well more than the 50 It's spend. a bargain. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, yes. You're getting a deal. <laughs> and, it, and it looks like there's more information available on the uh, Fargo Diocese uh, website. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it says, yeah, www.fargodiocese.net slash sacred music. So any of our listeners, if you want to learn more and see you know more specifics about the program, the times and dates and place, uh, Go to the go to the fargodiocese.net slash sacred music and you can get more information. Even if you're just in need of a retreat right now, it sounds like a great experience. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Well, Patrick, thank you for coming in today. This has been a, a fun interview and I'd be fun to talk some more about chant, I think, because <laughs> it, it is uh, not only liturgically, but I think even just emotionally, it's a very calming kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But with that, I think we're going to a break and stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, and uh, on the return, we'll be uh, visiting with uh, with Professor Ken Pennington, and we're going to be talking about the. Uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Inquisition. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have two guys that are kind of in the same time frame mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 